0: Welcome to The Truth, CSGO podcast, episode 85. Today, we're talking IEM Beijing, complexity roster changes, Smash lose their roster completely, Extremesland Asia, uh, some thoughts on cheating in the pro scene, and a little goodbye from me for a while. Hey guys, this is Electro. I hey guess I'm Guardian. This is Dabs. This is Nico. This is Nifty. This is Chris J. This is Fair. Called Zara. This is Karigan. Are you listening to Truth? The Truth. The Truth. The Truth. The Truth. The Truth. The Truth. The Truth CSGO Podcast. The Truth CSGO Podcast. The Truth CSGO Podcast. Are we rushing in, or are we going sneaky, peaky like? So we had IEM Beijing just last week. This is actually quite the tournament there were some great teams playing i'll just go over the group stages and the playoffs and then the finals group stages we saw tai Lu and vici the two chinese teams both go 0-2 which i guess considering the ranks of the teams there was to be expected uh tai Lu were definitely not the upset as they were earlier in, earlier in the year and late last year uh, evil geniuses continued their wobbly form they went down to phase twice and got knocked out Uh, Ence went down pretty hard to 100 Thieves twice as well. They are looking like they're on the wrong side of memes at this point in time. And Astralis and Vitality went 2-0 in the group stages. In the playoffs, 100 Thieves continued their uh, increase in form recently. They took down Vitality in a very exciting match. This was, I think, the best we've seen the boys looking thus far. And they definitely gained in confidence over this best of three over Vitality. They lost the first, Mirage, then narrowly won Nuke, and then dominated on Inferno 16-2 with JKS going ham bone McSausage, McMuffin. On the other side of the bracket, we saw Astralis versus FaZe. And FaZe were coming off the back of a monster Copenhagen blast, Uh, but they absolutely backed up a dumpster full of shit and upended it on their respective beds. They lost 16-0 and 16-2 on Dust and Nuke, respectively. Glaive actually had a little interview afterwards with HLTV where he backed up what Old Truth he was talking about last week or last podcast. I was talking about how the Blast format seems to favour Faze a lot more. Their last victory this year was Blast Miami, I believe, and my reasoning for that was... The best of ones are much more suited to a team of individual stars. And Glaive in the HLTV interview after this match said, the best of three is a format that favors Astralis far more than Blast Copenhagen. So we see the very difference in play styles and preparations in teams like Astralis and FaZe. So I am the soothsayer of Counter-Strike. We came to the finals. This was, of course, Astralis versus 100 Thieves. And the Patriot in me was, of course, going hard for the boys. But Astralis absolutely manhandled them in a best of five. They beat them 3-0. And it seemed like they really outread 100 Thieves the whole time, almost. Uh, and 100 Thieves, I think, really didn't have the same depth as Astralis. What it uh, it kind of came down to was feeling like Astralis had done preparation, 100 Thieves had done preparation but Astralis just had so much more up their sleeves at every opportunity and a lot of what 100 Thieves were doing uh, just didn't seem effective at all I don't think this is a bad sign for the boys whatsoever, we've only just seen Liaz kind of fit into the new role he's playing in the team, Gratisfaction has got his confidence back, Uh, Azza and Kassad seem to be back into their uh, symbiosis JKS is, is, of course, going ham bone and JKM continues to be the superstar we didn't know he was a couple of years ago <laughs> and is now becoming once more on this team. So that's exciting. Uh, now, Astralis are obviously back in form, at least at this tournament they were. have got the MVP, which I believe is the first of his career, which is kind of amazing to think uh, of that. I think his. Rating was about 1.33 across the entire tournament. So absolutely insane for him. Astralis have now put themselves in the running for the Intel Grand Slam. There are four teams now in the running for this. And they all have one win. We have Liquid, Evil Geniuses, Fnatic, and of course Astralis. The next opportunity for a trophy as part of the Grand Slam is the ESL Pro League Season 10 Finals. That's not happening in, happening until December 3rd to the 8th. And Fnatic are the only team of these four still to qualify. And if they can, this is going to be one of the most absolute banger events of the year. Uh, And if you want to watch those qualifiers, which I'm going to be doing, they're on the 17th, 18th, and 19th of this month. So, what day are we now? The 14th. So, in about three days' time, uh, that'll be interesting to tune into. Let's uh, move on to the complexity roster changes. Complexity have added Poison and Config. If you recall last step, we talked about the removal of Death and... Uh, who was that? I think it was Cooster? <laughs> I can't remember anymore. Anyway, oh yes, Death and Kuster. That's right. Uh, poison is, of course, the Orpa, who was previously with Windstrike, I believe, or Windigo. Uh, config was, of course, on North until recently when they replaced him with Cajun B or when he left and then they brought in Cajun B. Now, one of the cool things about this roster change is that we simultaneously got a bit of a talk about it from the CEO, which is very unusual. And that is due to an impromptu appearance he had on DK's channel, GK's uh, Twitch stream. I'm talking, of course, about Jason Lake. And his chat about this roster change may be pretty excited about it. If you haven't heard it, I would definitely tune in What he talked about confirmed a lot of what I was thinking about the team he was building, specifically in regards to Rush. I have always been a champion of Will Wiesber on this podcast because I think he's an unsung hero and especially was an unsung hero of Cloud9's major win in Boston. Uh, I've always thought he seemed like the type of soldier who was perfect to have on a team where he did the dirty work. I kind of... Would compare him on the European side to someone like Rain, who's willing to slot into whatever positions he needs to around the superstars. And Lake really confirmed that for me. Uh, so he's talking about Rush doing the dirty work, Config being the rifler who's got something to prove now. And we'll talk about that in a second. Poison as the superstar orper, and Oboe as the high risk, high reward player. And apparently, Blame F as a, an IGL who's putting in all the prep work that one should. Now, just on the Poison being the superstar, Lake did mention that Poison was going back and forth between signing for Complexity or signing with the European team, and he had to end up getting on the phone with him for two or three hours uh, after Poison said he wasn't going to take the Complexity offer and convince him by continuing to up the amount of money he was going to give Poison. This, to me, while it speaks volumes about Lake's determination to get poison in, makes me a little bit worried that money, being the whole reason he's coming over to NA, may not be the greatest motivating motivating factor. But everybody's different. Uh, I would also, I also think it's interesting um, in terms of config, because it's kind of crazy in that he probably wouldn't have ended up in this team if you think about it. Unless Thorin had written this article uh, called The Tragedy of Config, I think it was called. It came out maybe a month ago. You probably would have seen it on Reddit. And it basically talked about how Config was going to be one of the superstars on the scene or was looking like one of the biggest superstars on the scene around 2016, I remember, uh, if I remember correctly. Uh, And kind of it didn't eventuate. And there were rumors about his lack of motivation and lack of practice habits or lack of good practice habits. And this article kind of blew up and actually prompted a response from Config on his Twitter talking about how he the article hit him really hard and he realized he'd been shirking and wasting this opportunity he'd been given. And a lot of what Thorin was talking about was this incredible opportunity he had um, and that he wasn't taking advantage of. And it seemed quite heartfelt from the outside. And this apparently was also what tipped him over the line in terms of Jason Lake's uh, preferences for getting in a strong rifler. It's, It's commendable, and I think it speaks, again, volumes about how committed Lake is to building something not only technically successful, but narratively successful. And I think him getting in on the ground floor of... A, if this is true, a sort of new motivation from Config could be actually a really powerful way to build a team. Uh, if you get someone who's hungrier to get back something they've lost as opposed to someone who's just trying to get something for the first time, you may actually be onto a good thing uh, considering what we know about human psychology and its basic uh, motivations at this point. Uh, it also seems to me like to be a very American thing um, as opposed to, uh, um, you know, maybe a European thing where it's uh How do I explain it? You probably know what I'm talking about. Um, my instinct actually would have been actually probably a more English thing, <laughs> which, which is that Config's public admitting of his uh, wasted opportunity probably wouldn't have been that uh, inviting to me as a CEO because I believe actions speak louder than words. However, I guess there is something to to, to be said about the public um, stake in the ground. Um, and I think we've seen how powerful that can be. For instance, if you're trying to quit smoking, if you make a public declaration that you're not going to smoke, probably you're more likely to not smoke again uh, because the fear of public humiliation or going back on your word adds to that sense of personal responsibility. Um, what also is interesting here is that it it raises the question of, of who and when they deserve a second chance. And I think this is interesting, especially in light of what's happened uh, this week with jason nissen's uh, josh Josh, jason i'm thinking jason lake josh nissen's team josh is of course steel he was the igl last we saw of ghost and his team ben's anime team (laughs) have been picked up by chaos now chaos i think we reported on them um maybe back in september those guys had a swedish team uh, that involved people like Freddie B and they dropped them for, I can't remember what reason now. Anyway, they've picked up uh, Steel's team and one of the members of this team is Gage Green. Now, we've made fun of Gage Green's name before or I would say celebrated it rather than made fun. His uh, gamer handle is Infinite. And one of the reasons we've talked about him on this podcast before was because he was picked up by Cloud9 at some point or perhaps in talks with them. And I can't remember when this was, probably earlier in the year and his interest in them was, uh, how shall we say, well it vanished because there was rumors that he was using the n-word on stream and I think some players came out and, it, and confirmed this sort of behavior and his opportunity vanished sort of as quickly as it seemed to uh, appear. So he's getting a second chance too. It made me think a lot about when we give second chances to people and what they have to do to deserve one. And I was trying to actually come up with something interesting or smart or um, definitive to say about this subject, but all I could find really doing a little bit of research about second chances, which is, I don't know, something you probably can't even do (laughs) research about, to be honest, is that I guess it always differs what first comes, comes to mind, I guess, when I'm thinking about second chances is second chances that we give to our parents. And I've talked about the idea of growing up on this podcast being a forgiveness of our parents. And I think there is a few big second chances we have to give people in this life to grow up. One of them is our parents... And one of them is ourselves. And I forget which order they typically come in during the average lifespan of someone. (laughs) Um, But I think if you can forgive other people, then you're probably on the way to doing the other two as well. Anyway, my final thoughts about this team are actually... I'm very excited to see what they do. They've got a really interesting mix right now. This is so fun. Uh, And what it does actually... In my in a little of you know, side thought, probably put a little bit of pressure on Carrigan because Mouse had a little bit of novelty earlier this year. They they were that sort of mix uh, that we're talking about here. They did have the youngster. They did have uh, an IGL putting in all the prep work. Uh, they had a strong rifler. They had a really strong orper. Um and they had a. Who else did they have? Well, they had someone doing the dirty work, I guess, which is Chris J. The, their lack of success in terms of really getting some trophies, uh, I guess it's sort of been accepted in that they've been placing and they kind of shot into the top five very quickly. But if this team does any better than Mouse Sports in the next six months, then there's going to be a lot of pressure on Mouse Sports, I think. A lot more pressure than there is now. Now, the other big roster changes we've seen this week come courtesy of Smash. Now, if you recall, a few episodes ago, uh, Dimitri from Vegas and Like Mike, two European DJs, decided to rep the No Chance Boys. They are, of course, Stiko and Michael Ely et al. And they've been under the Smash banner for, uh, I think, three months now. They went from 73 to 31 in the rankings during those three months. So they've been grinding it. Um, and Smash, or at least they have decided to leave Smash uh, and apparently have a new org inbound, according to HLTV. Sticko came out and tweeted that during those three months they were actually on a trial and hadn't been paid once during that trial, and nor had they signed, nor had the Smash guys signed any sponsors. Uh, so the No Chance guys simply didn't re-sign their contracts. And Nell, the French reporter, uh, reported that the org tried to change players, so Smash tried to change players in the lineup without asking the team, uh, and were apparently looking for players behind their back. So, (laughs) he also reported that the owners weren't very professional, apparently, which is amazing. Amazing! Who would have thought that uh, a couple of DJs (laughs) wouldn't be the most professional team owners on the scene? So, another juicy tidbit in this is that apparently Smash have had a better offer from Godsent. We did see earlier this month, I think, or last month, that Godsent made some sort of cryptic announcement that they were coming back into the scene. So it looks like uh, we're going to get the No Chance boys being repped by Godsent, which is awesome for them. Having a proper org, a very storied org behind them uh, is a great thing. And if they can keep climbing up these rankings, it would be so much fun because I don't think we've seen a kind of mixed team doing it by themselves get picked up and come into you know the top 20 or the top 10 in my experience uh it would be a first and if they could do it it would be damn awesome i don't know whether those boys have the hunger for it uh, but perhaps having the uh, infrastructure of a proper team will be what they need let's talk about extremes land asia extremes land asia is currently happening i think it started about three hours ago it's a one hundred thousand dollar tournament in shanghai before we get on to some of the teams that are going on uh, there was a bit of controversy here because four teams four australian teams were going to be playing the epl season 10 finals uh, and two of those teams were happening were supposed to be at the uh, extremes land uh, competition as well And the news from this comes from a website called HTT News. We'll get to them in a a moment. Um, But two of those teams, as I said, Greyhound and Order, were also going to be at the finals. So the four teams got together to ask EPL to change the dates, except apparently Avant dogged everyone and went behind their backs and told EPL they would be fine with the dates to stay as they were. Uh, I don't know exactly what was behind EPL's decision, but they decided to not change the dates and Greyhound and Order pulled out of Extremesland in order to play the EPL finals. Now, their two replacement teams chosen weren't actually Chiefs and Avant, who were the third and fourth qualifiers for the Extremesland competition. Actually, the two teams to qualify were ground zero and genuine. So I don't know about all the exact details on this, but uh, I don't think it uh, looks good for Avant at least from the outside. Um, And I guess one more thing about HTT News. I didn't know who they were, but they seem to be a new Australian esports website. And HTT apparently stands for Here's the Thing. They seem to be doing some good work, but why they've named their website after the most iconic catchphrase of an English esports figure is anyone's guess, but there you go. Best of luck to them. Uh, Now, if you're not familiar with Ground Zero or Genuine, I wouldn't blame you. They are the only two Australian teams playing at uh, Extremesland right now. Ground Zero have been around since 2017, and they call themselves Perth's official esports team. I don't know exactly how that that works. I guess the mayor of Perth decides that. Uh, They've got young Zef. We saw him with Order earlier this year. Um, And apparently they only have three members right now, according to Liquipedia and HLTV, so I'm not quite sure who's playing But they're going to be on very shortly. Genuine are Jinx, Stat, ApocDud, SkullHunter, and Maker. Uh, Some familiar names there, although apparently ApocDud is too sick to travel. They only started up in January this year. And I don't know much about Genuine except Royce, Benny, and Eric are the names of the CEOs or the founders. And the only sponsor listed right now on their website is Skin Deep Tattoo in Newtown, (laughs) which is absolutely bananas if you lived in Sydney. Skin Deep is quite the institution uh, in Newtown. These guys seem to be a little more focused on their FGC roster right now. But Royce describes himself on his Twitter as Christ-centric, and the motto of Genuine is, Lead by example and the community will follow. According to his Twitter, it is his work in the private education sector that is uh, basically funding the org. So that's an interesting team to emerge in the last year. Now, 16 teams at Extremesland uh, are playing for the 100K. They are from the Middle East, Korea, China, Japan, Thailand, and Vietnam, among others. MVPPK are back to defend their title from last year, but Tailu or Vichy are the favorites to take this. I should also point out there is a team at this competition called Lays. Lays stands for Long Amazing Zebra Ears. (laughs) So it'll be interesting to see how they go. So let's just go over a couple of the tournaments that are coming up. Uh, And then I want to talk a bit about cheating. We have DreamHack Open Atlanta happening in two days now. And that's for $100,000. We have some great teams there. Chaos, of course, the aforementioned Ben's anime team. Uh, who apparently replaced Cloud Nine, I believe. I think we talked about it last episode. Uh, we have crazy heroic Vertus Pro Sprout Ints, and two teams you may not have heard of: Illumina and Triumph. Triumph only joined uh, CS:GO in September, and only got their lineup, The Quest, this month. The last I heard of Quest was they beat Cloud Nine in the minor qualifier, or knocked them out of the minor qualifier. Uh, what was it, last major or the major before? Those guys have been around since 2018 as a lineup. And Illumina are fairly new. They joined in Feb last year and didn't get this roster until July this year. And they are, of course, the former XCOM team. Polish guys, uh, including Innocent and Reitz. We also have the CSGO Asia Championships. This is going to be a banger. That's $500,000, and we're going to go back to Shanghai for that one. We've got Evil Geniuses, Avangar, Sports, Ants, G2, MRBR, Tyloo and Vici. As I said before, I think the pressure's on Mouseports, especially if Complexity do something out of the gate. And this is probably their best opportunity to get a trophy yet. Uh, But it's definitely evil geniuses to lose. Na'Vi won this last time after beating Virtus. Pro, so I'm not sure why they're not back. And one thing about this tournament, which I wasn't aware of, is that this is actually Perfect World's uh, tournament um, themselves. So Perfect World are putting this on. Perfect World are, of course, the guys who basically run... Counter-Strike in China I guess it's their servers or something I'm not sure but Valve basically licenses the game for them to run in China so I assume this is their premier tournament or their flagship event to get the Chinese into the game the other uh, big tournament we have is the ECS Season 8 Finals that is the big one that's five five $500,000 in Arlington we've got Astralis, Evil Geniuses, Fnatic Liquid NIP, Avanga, MIBR and Sharks So let's just talk a bit about cheating, and then we'll have some personal thoughts after that. So I really didn't plan to talk about cheating uh, this podcast, but I was watching the uh, EPL finals... Finals? I shouldn't say finals. I probably keep saying finals a bit too much. Uh, EPL season 10 last night, and... There was a match between North and Big and they were playing on Nuke and it was 12 to 13, I think uh, Big's way and Tizian made two entries on A-site and then turned and flicked towards a CT so a member of the opposite team who was on the other side of the map and shot at him and it immediately looked quite suspicious to me I opened up chat to see whether other people saw it, and they did. And we're talking, you know, doing the usual Twitch chat nonsense, vac, 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 take a vacation, etc. Now, this is not a clip that I would definitively say Tizian is cheating. (laughs) For all the players uh, who, who might be cheating, Tizian wouldn't be the first to come to mind. And you could definitely explain it by the fact that his teammate jumped out of hut at the exact same time and is very close to where he was shooting. And he may very well have mistaken his teammate for, you know, a, 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 an enemy teammate. What it did send me down again was a little route of investigations. And I probably do this maybe once a year. If you want to look at the clip that I'm talking about, you can go to the HLTV site and look up the North First Big, um, I guess, link there. It's at 8 hours, 22 minutes, and 46 seconds on round 26 of the nuke game. Teasing gets two frags uh, in the uh, A-bomb site. Uh, but, yeah, so the the little investigation sort of deep dive I went through, which wasn't that deep. I just went to VAC sucks and watched a bunch of clips. But it did make me think, once again about cheating, and I haven't thought about cheating for a long time. Probably the last time I spoke about it was very early on in this podcast, maybe, you know, four or five episodes in. As far as I know, the pros use their own equipment. Um, And as far as I know, they can connect to the internet. Um, And apparently, that means that you can bring cheats in. I think I've spoken about the availability of or the ease of doing this in the past we've had a, a hacker on this podcast talking about how easy it is in the past and the, the issue i guess with the clips that people post on Vax sucks is that essentially uh, a lot of them can can come down to uh, or be explained away by the flicks we have with our hand and because we have such Uh, twitchy movements in Counter-Strike it's very difficult to prove that something is not simply someone doing something random with their hand. There's a guy called The Concept who I'm sure you're aware of and maybe I've spoken about on this podcast before who does, uh, who has a theory that there's uh, very minute motions that aimlocks do that are incapable of being done by human hands and i'm not sure as to whether that's legitimate because to be honest with you i'm very confused as to how demos re-interpolate uh, movements of players because after all there's a signal that they're inputting into their computer that's going to the program the program's generating the sending that to the models it's going back to the player's screen and then going into a demo recording i expect and so i'm not quite sure where the frames per second of what someone is seeing and what we're watching back is because the demos aren't gonna be playing back to us at let's say 200 frames, which might be what a player's getting. I don't know, it all gets very confusing to me and I don't know what to make of it other than the general feeling of those facts that people can bring their own equipment, you can connect to the internet there, and I'm not sure whether that's even the truth or not. but there is also millions of dollars on the line. A lot of the players are very, very young. Um, we've seen cheating before. Um, and there's a general consensus that players really only have uh, a few, at most several years of competitive play. And the community, and I would say the casters and the analysts as well, um... Uh, Confirm the idea that if you're sort of over 25 or 26, you're more or less washed up. And there's also no guarantee that Counter Strike or CSGO specifically will continue as an esport. There's uncertainty as to when the game will die. It's gone on for an incredibly long time, especially when you compare it to other games that have risen and fallen. Uh, and there's also a lot of fear and talk about when this bubble will burst. Uh, and I don't just mean Counter-Strike. I mean esports and the massive investments in esports, the massive uh, prize money that people can get and the massive salaries that they can get. Similarly, uh, there's also a lot of uncertainty as to whether uh, when another game might take this one over. Um, we've, all, we've probably all seen the announcement video from, um, who is it? Not Epic, uh, Blizzard who are putting out another shooter or someone's putting out another shooter. I don't care anymore. They all look kind of silly to me, to be honest. It's like it's like Counter-Strike but with magic. So they've gone half Overwatch and half Counter-Strike and there's speculation as to whether, whether or not that'll destroy Counter-Strike. I don't think it will. But, you know, strange things have happened. So there's a huge amount of uncertainty and essentially... There's no reason why the gold rush mentality, which a lot of VC we can see with a lot of VC capital that, that that's spending money on Counter Strike um, with no guaranteed return, especially in the short term. Uh, there's no reason why that isn't also the mentality of a bunch of younger players who are getting into this, looking purely uh, at putting as much on the line as possible right now for the dollars that right now are supposedly available. If there's a bunch of um, venture capitalists hoping to make a bunch of money by risking a huge amount uh, and supposedly these people are adults, why would we not assume that a 19 or a 20 or a 21-year-old or a 22-year-old wouldn't also do the same, take a high-risk position for an incredibly high reward that may or may not be around in the next two years? And of course, by high-risk, I'm talking about installing a cheat. Uh, and a cheat that, that perhaps only activates, like some people on VaxSs s- suggested, when you see a player um, as opposed to through a wall, in which case it's incredibly hard to detect a cheat being used at all. Uh, now one of the cheats, one of the cheats, one of the stories that has been on VaxSux recently is about Invictus gaming. Uh, and sorry not Invictus Gaming they weren't the ones cheating but they played a team called 1-3 Invictus are a Chinese team but they have two Polish players you saw them at Star Series most recently and they got some kudos from uh, Woxic I think they played mouse sports there they were beaten 2-0 but um, 1-3 are also a Chinese team and they have ex-Tailu players DD and Captain Mo you would know now they recently forfeited a third map in a qualifier for epicenter because they complained that 1-3 were cheating Uh, and there are clips from 1-3 that are to be honest with you pretty ridiculous Uh, specifically from a player called ian and there's another clip that's emerged from him in the last 24 hours from the further epicenter qualifiers that is insane that if this came out when Flusher was having the accusations uh, called against him would be counted as more definitive proof that Flusher was cheating. So uh, once again, with these clips, you can argue that his movement is completely erratic and the fact that he turns to shoot at someone behind him, uh, despite not having any information at least from a viewing perspective that we can see that there is someone behind him. He shoots exactly on the model through the wall at this person. Um, it it just seems like, all right, you can explain it that way. But as I said, there are so many uh, reasons why we might expect that people are cheating with so many things at stake. And we've talked about the other people who've cheated at high levels before. People, Who should know better than someone as young as 18 or 19 or 20. Um, Lance Armstrong is of course the most overused example. But it does make me wonder in a couple of years or a year whether or not at some point we will be able to definitively work out or there will be a giant scandal that there are a bunch of pros cheating Um, and it would be heartbreaking. As a huge fan of Counter-Strike I would be heartbroken and a huge fan of so many pro players and so many pro teams uh, but I will not be surprised to be honest with you I don't think it's a massive conspiracy um, or, 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 or sorry it, it. I don't think it's a massive conspiracy in that probably everyone doesn't know everyone else who's doing it and I don't think it's too conspiracy minded to believe that it's going on um, I think it's actually probably happening um, now th- I guess the reason I've ended on that downer note is because this is probably going to be my last podcast for um at least this year if not indefinitely. I think we've had an incredible run. This has come uh this is this is this has gone on for a lot longer than I thought it would when I started. Um and who knows, maybe I'll start again in the new year, but right now I need to focus on what I'm doing because for the first time since I started it I am doing 100% what I should be doing Um, and if I'm going to do that I basically have one chance right now to take advantage of all the opportunities I have and if I don't take advantage of it in every way, shape and form I'm going to regret it for the rest of my life I will try and suspend the Patreon Um, I believe that's a function that you can do Uh, and I will continue to watch the games and probably be on Twitter occasionally giving my opinion on them Uh, as for the Discord um, I guess I'll I mean I haven't been that active on it but uh, I'll still be contactable on there and check it occasionally it's a it's a pretty weird position I find myself in um, and I've had a lot of self-reflection on this podcast before so for those who've been listening the whole way you, you probably have a better idea of my situation than I would imagine but I'm 35 and i I have no dependence I have No responsibilities, really. Um, And it's been a pretty strange life and a pretty strange place I find myself in. Uh, And kind of wonderful, but very atypical, I would say, at least in my peer group, all of whom are having children and getting married or have been married for quite some time uh, and have houses and whatnot. Um, And... I think in 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 that light what I'm doing right now is probably similar to what some of them have felt when they've gotten married or bought a house or decided to have children that that was the, the sort of the purpose or one of the purposes of their life or one of their ultimate expressions that's what I'm doing creatively right now and so I want to focus everything on it I think there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of wonderful things I've gotten from this podcast and I, I didn't mean to kind of turn this into a, a farewell speech because I'm pretty sure I'll be back and if I ever manage to get in touch with <laughs> Biali, then that interview will definitely arise at some point um, but the people who've sent me messages along the way has really helped me in this period of my life that's been essentially sort of an information gathering period personally Uh, and so thank you to those people and everyone who's um, said wonderful things to me on all sorts of platforms. Uh, So at least for now, for 2019, I think this is gonna be it unless I get massively uh, inspired and find myself with a bunch of time uh, after christmas and i guess signing off right now i'm leaving at least temporarily the scene in a very different place as to when i entered it when i entered it there was no audio in the podcast where i could hear people talk about counter-strike now there are several and if you if for some reason i'm your only source of csgo news you can listen to return of by the numbers Pika's advantage uh, the rush b podcast Um, Frankie does a podcast interviewing people in the space I think it's called Get Frank or something Uh, DDK I think is still going strong and there are several others that come and go so you have no shortage of places to get your CSGO info so enjoy the upcoming tournaments enjoy Extremesland Asia and of course enjoy the game